Welcome to the Flint Citadels podcast of our Sunday morning worship service, a weekly production of the Salvation Army Flint Citadel Corps. This morning we're going to uh, sing, and uh, I think part of the, the real the real greatness of music is that we get to share it together. The band sometimes brings us pieces, and we get to uh, you know enjoy uh, the, the sound of that that brass music coming forth. But when you get to sing along, it just really makes the worship experience uh, all that much more great for us. So open your hearts this morning and sing along as we uh, sing uh, this song of witness. Now this this song comes from the Hallelujah Chorus book, so as you know, it's just going to flow right on in one verse right to the next. There's not going to be breaks in between. So lift your hearts up and, and sing together as the band gives us a little bit of an introduction, and we're going to stand together and sing along.
Won't you pray with me this morning? Father God, we thank you so much for the opportunity that you give to us to stand before, uh, to stand up to sin and to uh, stand up to Satan as he uh, presents many obstacles as we go our ways. And yet we can look to you, Lord, and we can look to your greatness. We can look to your leadership. We can look to your guidance in all that we say and all that we do. And Lord, we know that you're never going to challenge us with things that we are incapable of handling. And we know that you'll give us guidance. And we know, Lord, that you are the one and the only. And we are right to worship you. Keep us strong. And now open our hearts for worship this morning as we worship you. For it's in your name that we ask. Amen. Would you join me in the responsive reading, which will be on the board? The Greek word for one and only means species, race, family, offspring, or kind. When used in the Bible, the phrase one and only almost always describes a parent-child relationship. John uses the phrase five times, in each case highlighting the unparalleled relationship between Jesus and God. The word No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is how God showed his love among us. The familiar translation, Only Begotten Son, conveys this truth. When parents beget or conceive a child, they transfer their DNA to the newborn. Jesus shares God's DNA. Jesus isn't begotten in the sense that he began, but in the sense that he and God have the same essence eternal lifespan, unending wisdom, and tireless energy. Every quality we attribute to God, we can attribute to Jesus. And the epistle to the Hebrew concurs. Christ is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his nature. Jesus occupies the peerless Christ the Redeemer, pedestal. He claims not the most authority, but all authority. Jesus doesn't boast in his knowledge. He shares it. He doesn't gloat. He gives. He doesn't revel. He reveals. He reveals to us the secrets of eternity. When Jesus says, In my Father's house are many nations. Count on it. He knows. He has walked them. When he says, Trust him. Jesus knows. He knows the value of every creature. When Christ declares, Your Father knows what you need before you ask. Believe it. After all, he was in the beginning with God. Jesus claims to be not a top theologian, an accomplished theologian, or even the supreme theologian but rather the only theologian. No one really knows the Father except 
does not say, no one really knows the Father like the Son or in the fashion of the Son, but rather, no one really knows the Father except the Son. Heaven's door has one key, and Jesus holds that key, and nothing compares to that promise. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Isn't it great to be here this morning? Isn't it great to know that the Lord is here with us? I'm telling you, I'm all enthused up and ready to go. And I hope that you are too. This song that we got to sing this morning is one of the old ones written by Richard Slater, Salvation Army writer. Shall we sing that first and the third verse? And then we'll pause, Bandmaster, so the uh, altos and the euphonians can get a pause, and then we'll continue on after I say a few things. I love that band. Here we go, the first and the third verse. Jesus. string all through this song, including the chorus. Nothing but blood. And if you this morning are seeking liberation from sin, from strife, from pain and heartache, there's only one place to go. And that's to the Lord Jesus Christ at the cross to his feet and allow that precious blood just come and flow over. Enjoy with me the truth of the fifth and sixth verses. And as we sing, allow the Holy Spirit to do His work 
in your life. Allow him to come down and touch that one part of your life that you might be kind of resisting. If he wants to deal with you, let him deal with you because life will be real life once you have been washed in the blood of the Lord. The fifth and sixth verses.
existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. From the very beginning, 
the Word was with God. Through him God made all things. Not one thing in all creation was made without him. The Word was the source of life, and this life brought light to people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has never put it out. sent his messenger, a man named John, who came to tell people about the light, so that all should hear the message and believe. He himself was not the light. He came to tell about the light. This was the real light, the light that comes into the world and shines on all people. was in the world, and though God made the world through him, yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own country, but his own people did not receive him. Some, however, did receive him and believed in him, so he gave them the right to become God's children. They did not become God's children by natural means, that is, by being born as the children of a human father. God himself was their father. The Word became a human being, and full of grace and truth, lived among us. We saw his glory, the glory which he received as the Father's only Son. John spoke about him. This is the one I was talking about when I said, He comes after me. But he is greater than I am, because he existed before I was born. Out of the fullness of his grace, he has blessed us all, giving us one blessing after another. God gave the law through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only Son who is the same as God and is at the Father's side. He has made him known. In the last few years, We've had a number of funerals here at the Citadel. Not happy occasions for us because we've lost loved ones, but we know that they are for some healthy and whole now. It's, a, it's common nowadays for the family to assemble a collection of pictures of the person's life from childhood to old age. It's always amazing to me, and I really enjoy looking at the pictures. Like last Monday we were at Lois Spicer's, 
and I looked at her graduation picture, and it reminded me of my mom's graduation picture. Not that they look alike, but, you know, they were like the same generation, so, you know, the same kind of graduation picture. You know, you look at those kind of things. Um, and recently, I couldn't help but notice how much Carson looked like his grandfather when he was young. They even have similar, similar postures. See, Carson, you shoot. Yeah? Hey, you'll look as good as your grandpa looked, as old as he was. You got good genes. Girls, he's going to look good. <laughs> you can sometimes see this in people's mannerisms, in personality traits, in similar temperaments or talents. You know, like with the Himes, this music thing that they have going on. I don't know what it is, but um, what's that all about? But anyhow, these similarities aren't just mere coincidence because many of these qualities are inherited. Sometimes that's a blessing, and sometimes it's not such a blessing. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I won't say anything. (laughs) But God has so created us that the DNA of our forefathers is transferred from one generation to the next. So we see certain characteristics and traits passed on within families. So when you've seen the offspring, you have a good idea what the parents look or looked like. In a much more significant way, we can understand what God is like by looking at Jesus. This morning we're going to consider the significance of the incarnation and how Jesus and Jesus alone reveals God to us. First, let me say that Jesus is unique. He is one of a kind who has no equal. But when I say that Jesus is God's only son, it's not like when I say that Drew is Andrew and Beth's only son. In the video clip we just viewed, John 1, 1 through 18, we see that Jesus has more than a family resemblance. He stands alone. In fact, John repeats the phrase, one and only, five times in his writings, highlighting the unique relationship of Jesus, the Son of God, to God the Father. And while Jesus is human, he is also very different from anyone else who ever lived on earth. The first three verses of John 1 tells us that he was with God from the very beginning, and everything was made through him. But now how can that be? Jesus was human, right? He loved his mom and his dad. As a teen, he probably had a pimple or two. He got hungry. He got tired. He got frustrated. He probably even had a favorite color and a best friend. He probably had all of the normal, routine, real-life things, chores, grounding, if they did that kind of stuff then. Yet he also... He is also God, and as such, understands things that I'll never understand. He always acts from a pure love, while sometimes I make a mess of showing my feelings. Historians tell us that the church itself debated for five centuries before it could agree on a valid balance between a Jesus who is just like everyone else and a Jesus who is something, someone, very different. John 3.16 offers us God's one and only and points us to the truth that Jesus has no equal. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. Jesus is unique because he shares God's essence. We live in a world of substitutes. Dollar stores sell knockoff perfumes intended to smell like the pricey department store labels, and sometimes they even come pretty close, but they're missing just that one ingredient that really sets it apart, sets the expensive ones apart. Because you can always tell that there's just something missing. Our world is full of substitutes for God also. A few weeks ago, we looked at how the Israelites substituted a golden calf for God. Today, some people substitute religious rituals, science, and self-proclaimed gods for the God of the scripture. But John's gospel makes it clear that Jesus is special because he shares God's essence. Look at John 14, verses 10 and 11. Jesus says here, Don't you believe that I am the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing this work. We're not talking about a few character traits transferred from parent to child through DNA. In Christ, every trait he possesses is the exact representation of God. No human has ever seen the essence of God But because Jesus is God, he alone is qualified to reveal God's essence to us. In other words, Jesus explains and interprets God to us in a human form. He's not a substitute. He's not a mere prophet. He is in every essence God. John 14, verses 6 and 7, Jesus answered this way, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Even back in Jesus' day, there were many who offered some practice, system, or idea that would bridge the gap between man and God. But only Christ, the one and only Is God completely revealed, and through him the gap closed? Jesus teaches us what God is. Jesus teaches us what God is like. In Isaiah 40, the prophet offers us insight as to what God is like. The astounding thing that Isaiah reveals is that even though God is beyond our understanding, He still wants to know Him. To wrap your brain around that one. In fact, he wants us to know him so much that this is immortal, invisible, infinite God. He put on skin and came down to earth. In Jesus, God came into our world so that we could recognize God and discern his features up close and personal. Theologians call it the incarnation, Jesus coming to earth as a human. And it is of ultimate significance. If we want to know God, we can't disregard the truth about Jesus. Plain and simple, Jesus is central to our faith. Jesus is kind of like a magnifying glass. When we look for God through the lens of Jesus, 
Jesus brings us clarity and focus about the essence of God's nature. What is God like? God is Christ-like. Jesus teaches us what God is like. He is the image of the invisible God. Last week, my husband spoke about God's love through Jesus as being honest, hard, and humble. There was a focus on humility. Through Jesus, perhaps for the first time, we are introduced to a humble God. When Queen Elizabeth II visited the United States, Philip Yancey caught a glimpse of the way most rulers stride through the world. He writes, With bodyguards and a trumpet fanfare and a flourish of bright clothes and flashing jewelry, reporters delighted in spelling out the logistics involved in her visit. 4,000 pounds of luggage, including two outfits for each occasion, a morning morning outfit, not for the morning, but in case somebody died, 40 pints of plasma, white a white kid leather toilet seat cover, the queen's own hairdresser, two valets, and a host of other attendants. Her brief visit cost nearly $20 million. In meek contrast, God's visit took place in a stable with no attendants present and nowhere to lay the newborn king but a feeding trough. For the Jewish nation, this was a remark was remarkable news. The Jews worshipped a distant God, the God of the universe. They didn't even dare to pronounce the name of God. Now in Jesus, we are introduced to an intimate and approachable God. Jesus calls him Abba Father, and he leads us to understand that we can call upon God in just the same way ourselves. We can speak in familiar terms terms, and use the affectionate names like Daddy. Every word spoken by Jesus helps us to understand the truth of God. God used his one and only to teach us things we might never understand in any other way. John, the beloved disciple, shares something amazing with us. It's easy to see that John's relationship with Jesus was special. Perhaps of all the disciples, John knew Jesus best. Through his writing, John is intent on relaying the message to us that we, too, can know God through a relationship with Jesus Christ. John's gospel alone uses the word know 141 times. I think it's fair to say that John felt it was very crucial part of his message that we know Jesus. John 14, verses 8 through 11 say, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. 
Philip wanted to know the Father. I wonder, is that the desire of your heart today? If it is, I encourage you to have faith in Jesus, the one and only. He alone can fully reveal God and bring you into a relationship with the Father. If you need to know him better, then you can seek him right now as we pray. Because he's waiting for you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much today for sending your son, your one and only. As a parent, I know how scary, um, frustrating it is to send my children other places and, and you worry about them. But Lord, you, you even knowing what was happening to your son, you still sent him to us to save us because you love us so much. Sometimes words can't express the awe that we have in realizing how much you love us. We just thank you, Lord. Thank you again for sending us your one and only. In your name we pray. Amen. Still have an opportunity if you'd like to come forward. We're going to sing just as I am. Richard. 
not what God says, just as we are. And then it says, because thy promise, I believe. God doesn't make promises he doesn't keep. Let's sing the sixth verse. Just a, just a minute, but I want to remind you of the uh, prayer request that you'll find in your bulletin, and uh, I, I ask that you uh, take that with you and uh, use that as your prayer list as you uh, go throughout the week. One of them that you'll notice on there is that uh, Mark Schulteis is uh, leaving us, heading for German, Germany, Sprechen die Deutsch, probably not, right, yet? Yeah. Uh, Rosetta Stone, I guess, so um, all of those who... Uh, I need to pray for, we need to remember to pray for, for Mark, all those who are experiencing health issues, obviously. Um, will you just uh, rise with me and uh, join me in prayer? Our God and our Father, we come to you as we close this meeting. We uh, thank you for giving your one and only Son for us uh, to save us from our sins. Uh, we thank you for the uh, blessings that you provide for us each day. Uh, we pray that you would be with those who... Uh, have health issues that are amongst our core. Uh, we think of uh, Major Eva and uh, Major Ruth, especially at this time. We pray that you would also would be with um, Majors uh, Reed as well as they experience uh, health issues as well. We pray that you would be um, with those of our core who are looking for employment as well. Um, be with us uh, as we go throughout this day and throughout this week. Help us that we might be able to witness to others about your saving power. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And now if you'll join me with singing, Give to Jesus Glory. This has been the weekly podcast of the Flint Citadel's Morning Worship Experience. We hope you were blessed. Join us again for next week's service. Better yet, join us in person anytime at the Citadel, located in the heart of downtown Flint, at 211 West Gersley Street, where you're always among friends. For more information about the Salvation Army in Flint and our worship times and weekly activities, visit us online at www.flintcitadel.org or call us at area code 810-232-2199.
Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.